Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. When we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, is it because we choose Him or because He has chosen us? Well, on one hand, we do need to make a conscious decision to receive Him. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before Him in love. The first blessing in the New Testament is God's choosing his selection of us. Ron Kangas has joined us as we are embarking on our first week in the life study of Ephesians. Ron, quite a journey we've had before, so I'm glad you could join us here in one of our early programs in this new life study. Uh, Good to be here, especially in this marvelous book of Ephesians. Just the whole framework here, as we've touched on in our earlier programs this week, the whole perspective of Ephesians is this heavenly view. It's the view from the heavens and not the one from the earth. And so from that standpoint, as we're examining the real blessings, we're not talking about earthly, material, physical blessings, are we? No, we're talking about spiritual blessings in Christ, in the heavenlies, that originate with the triune God in eternity. Well, today's program, all about this verse that we read at the very beginning today, Ephesians 1, 4, and the first point we're going to cover in uh, our first segment of Witness Lee's portion, his sharing today, is he chose us before the foundation of the world. Let's go to Witness Lee. Now, we come to God's selection. The first item of God's well-speaking concerning the church is... His selection. God's selection was then, not in time, but in eternity. He is God. He had the infinite foresight. He foresaw all of us, even before we were born, even before man was created, and even the more before the foundation of the world, he selected us. This term, before the foundation of the world, it does not only mean the earth. Here, the word is used in the meaning of the whole universe. And here it implies that the whole universe was founded for man's existence. Right? Without such a universe... There's no possibility for man to exist. And man's existence is for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. By this we can see God's eternal purpose is altogether focused in man. And the whole universe was founded for man to exist, to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Purpose. Well, our selection 
took place not just before the foundation of the world, but there's another implication here that even expands its significance even more, isn't there? Absolutely. This selection was made in eternity past before anything was created. There's no space, there's no time, there's no universe. We were chosen in Christ to be holy before the existence of the universe. I'm thinking of Revelation 4.11, which explains or declares that all things were created because of God's will. And we know from Ephesians 1 that God's will is related to his choice, his selection, his predestination, his eternal purpose. So we see that the universe was created so that God would have the environment in which human beings would exist to carry out God's selection of them. We are proclaiming a truth revealed directly by God to the apostle, and we're doing so in the face of a popular culture which either would say the universe actually has no meaning and no goal, it's basically absurd, or somehow it just created itself and is heading in some kind of direction that we know nothing about. We are declaring, based upon the Word of God, that God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the universe, indicating that the universe exists so that God could fulfill his purpose in choosing us. What a thought, what a light, what a revelation. It's not that he chose us to do a great work or that he chose us to go to heaven, but according to Paul speaking in Ephesians 1, he chose us to be holy. And this word, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and confusion about just what it is to be holy. That's what we want to look at really for the balance of the program today. Uh, and Witnessly will refer to, and so we've decided to quote here as a little background, the very first place in the Bible where this word appears, and it's in Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. Then he said, Do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Let's find out about just what it is to be holy. Here's Witnessly again. God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. And this selection, this choosing, is to make us holy. This word holy has been fully spoiled by today's Christian teachings. First of all, we easily think to be holy is to be sinless. You have to drop this. Holiness is not sinlessness. No, neither holiness is sinless perfection. Forget about that. What is to be holy? To be holy is to be separate from all things other than God. In the whole universe, only one is holy. That is God. God is different from anything else. And God is distinct. This is God. So to be holy means just to be one with God. 
there to be sinless is not holy. You have to be one with God. The word holy is used the first time in Exodus. It's quite meaningful. God came in to call Moses. And Moses, while he was approaching to that bush, out from that bush, says, take off your shoes. Why? Because the very place you are going to touch is holy. If there's no God, there's no holiness. And where God is, holiness is there. I don't care how sinless you are, how perfect you are, if you are not related to God, if you have nothing to do with God, you're altogether not holy. When God began to get a people on this earth, that he might dwell among them, and that they might come into his presence in the holiest of holy. It was by that time the word holy is used. In Exodus, in Leviticus, in Numbers, in Deuteronomy, in all these books, you don't know how many times the word holy is used. Whatever was related to tabernacle was holy. You see the point? Because there was God, and there was man, and there God and man meeting together. That is holy. Well, Brother Ron, I think I would have missed that question on the exam. If someone had said, okay, holiness, it means to be sinless or to be sinlessly perfect, I would have probably said that sounds pretty good. But really, that misses it in a very profound way, doesn't it? It misses it in an alarmingly serious way, in a religious way, in a way according to natural human ethical thought. And this kind of thought and concept veil us from the clear statement of the Word of God. We were chosen to be holy. We interpret the Bible not by isolated verses, but by comparing Scripture with Scripture. Consider this one in the Old Testament, quoted by Peter. You shall be holy even as I am holy holy. Certainly God isn't saying you should be sinlessly perfect because that's what I am. God is referring to his intrinsic, essential nature. Holiness is his nature. Because he is holy, he is separate from everything common. That is, everything, although created by God, is not God. We were chosen to be holy. That is to be one with God in a very real sense, to partake of the holy nature of God, to be saturated and permeated with what God is. I would ask the listeners, just please look at the verse again. We were chosen to be holy. God himself is holy. We were chosen to partake of, not the Godhead, that's never possible, but of God's nature, so that we may be one with him, saturated with him, 
and therefore able to be with him in his presence for eternity. This is what God chose us to be. This is what was in his heart in eternity past, to have a people created in his image who would be holy even as he is holy. Holiness, we talked about where it first appeared in the Bible in the Old Testament in Exodus 3. In the New Testament, of course, in Luke chapter 1, it says, And the angel answered and said to her, Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore also the holy thing which is born will be called the Son of God. And uh, now in John, as we pick up again the matter of the tabernacle, And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And finally, if we follow this progression through the whole Bible, we uh, see in Revelation 21 verse 2 says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And that once again is us, isn't it? The bride, the husband, they surely have to be of the same life, the same nature in order to become one. So we have this same basic thought. Holiness is God himself. Holiness is where God is and what God sanctifies by his presence. To be holy is actually not only to have God in us, but to be in God by being in his dwelling place, typified by the tabernacle and the temple, but realized in reality as the church. A further comment on the bride. Way back in Genesis 2, we see that only the woman who came out of the man could correspond to him and be joined to him. This is a picture of what the bride is to Christ. Our Christ, God himself embodied and expressed, is holy. His bride must be the same in life and nature as he is and be holy. So she needs to be separated from that which is common. She needs to become one with the holy God. She needs to be saturated with the holy nature of God and then enter into this holy God, even as he and the Son has entered into her, this enables a marvelous, universal, eternal marriage of the redeeming God, the triune God in the Son, and the bride, the redeemed, regenerated, sanctified people of God, to be one eternally happy married couple. Our being chosen to be holy really has this in view because the Bible ends with a description of a marvelous corporate person who is the bride, but she is called the holy city. So this bride is holy, joined to the redeeming God who is holy to be a mutual dwelling place for each other as they enjoy married life for eternity. All this God had before him for eternity, when in eternity past he chose us in Christ to be holy.
All right, let's go back to Witness Lee for this marvelous conclusion to our message on chosen to be holy. Then, listen, in the New Testament, the first time the Holy Spirit was used when God came to be conceived in man. This is something more than to dwell in a tabernacle among men. When God set up the tabernacle, that was his dwelling place, right? Then when Jesus was incarnated, that was his tabernacle. Could you follow me? The word became flesh and tabernacle among us. My, in the New Testament, God not only dwelt among men, but became man. When God came to dwell among men. That was the time the word holy was used. Then, when God came to become man, to be conceived in man, and to be a man, I tell you, that was the time the Holy Spirit was firstly mentioned. What is holiness, you know? Just the Spirit. Where the Spirit is, the holiness is there. You know today, the Spirit is making Himself one with us, and He's making us one with Him. So, holiness is actually just a saturation of God. To make you a common person, fully saturated with the Spirit. Eventually, in the Bible, a city comes out. The new Jerusalem. You know what the Bible calls it? The holy city. The holy city. Something not only belongs to God. Something not only for God. Something, you know, possessed by God. Something saturated with God. And something becoming one with God. That is the holy city. God has chosen us to saturate us with himself, to work himself into our being. We will be made holy just as he is. Now, we all are in the process, in the process of being saturated with God. Day by day, night after night, if we are faithful to the Lord, we are under His saturating. He is saturating. We are soaking up. This is the very holiness revealed in the Bible. It is for this kind of holiness that we all have been chosen. We have been chosen to be holy. Well, Ron, it's really refreshing to hear him back in the 70s. I think this was from about 1978, and how strong and how fresh his spirit was. He was really exercised at this time, wasn't he? Very exercised in spirit, governed by a glorious vision that encompasses an unspeakably, actually immeasurable, vast period of time and space, an eternity past, We were chosen in Christ to be holy. In eternity future, we will be the holy city, New Jerusalem. That city is not a place. It's not heaven. It's a corporate person 
She is called the bride, the wife of the Lamb. That holy city, the wife, the bride, will have been thoroughly saturated with the holy nature of God, carrying out in complete consummation God's intention in eternity past when he chose us to be holy. When God makes a decision such as this, nothing and no one can ultimately interfere with it. We were chosen to be holy. We are becoming holy in the process of his organic salvation. And we will be the holy city for eternity. This is the heart's desire of God. This is why he created the universe for humankind, that we may become the wife, the bride, the holy city, saturated with the nature of God for his expression and the fulfillment of the desire of his heart. What a word, what a vision, what a motivation we have to open our being to the Lord, to abandon ourselves to the indwelling Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be saturated with God for the expression of God, to fulfill the desire of God's heart. I was thinking... uh Moses, of course, could go to a mountain and encounter God and had his encounter with holiness. Uh, The Levitical priesthood could go to this tabernacle where God was dwelling into the holy place and ultimately the high priest into the holy of holies. But for us, we don't have these uh, physical ways to contact God today. And if us becoming holy is a matter of the saturation, we need a way to contact God in his holiness. And he gave us uh, the answer here. Uh, that I'd like you to kind of pick up and develop. The Spirit is God's holiness today. In a number of places, according to the Greek text, which we have studied in some detail, the English rendering Holy Spirit is literally the Spirit, the Holy. The Spirit, the Holy. It may sound a little awkward in English, but it highlights the emphasis on being holy. The Holy Spirit that came upon Mary, we know from Luke 1, produced what the Scripture calls this holy thing. A person, a God-man, the Son of Man, mingled with God in his nature to be a holy being. Now, based upon redemption, justification, and regeneration, We are, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, in the process of being sanctified wholly in spirit and soul and body. And it is the Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit the Holy, that is doing such a work in us. We are joined to the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 17, as one spirit. On our part, if we would turn to the Lord, exercise our regenerated spirit, contact him and open to him, giving him access to all of our inward parts, we will actually and actively participate in this glorious process of becoming holy, even as God is holy. So the Spirit is the link 
between being chosen to be holy in eternity past and being the holy city in eternity future. Now here, in space and time, we partake, we are saturated with the Spirit, the Holy, to be what God chose us to be, holy even as He is holy. So holiness, Ron, according to the New Testament concept, is not so much what we are separated from, but what we are separated to, and in this case, what we are saturated with, the holy God himself. Yes, we are separated from what is common, what is not of God. We are separated to God to have the proper position before him so that we may be saturated with the holy nature of God to become his corporate expression, his counterpart, his bride. Wow, this view in Ephesians, as we've been pointing out all week now in our first week in this life study of Ephesians, is very high from God's perspective. And I think each day we're going to have our view uplifted by the Lord to see it as he would present it to us in such a book as this epistle from the Apostle Paul. Certainly it was a high point in the ministry of Witness Lee, and we look to the Lord for all of these coming programs. We have many weeks, even months ahead of us in the life study of Ephesians, and Ron, by the Lord's mercy, I hope you're able to come back and join us many, many times. Thank you for the invitation, and I hope to be back many times. As we leave, we'd like to give you our toll-free number today and invite you to contact us about the printed material or just to have fellowship with all of you, our listeners. And that's why we're here, to take care of your needs and your enjoyment and your understanding from God's Word. So please call us at 1-888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.